Hello everyone, welcome to another Nerds Amalgamated podcast episode. I'm the DJ and with me today is the Professor. Hello. And it's a special day for the Professor. And what day is it today, Professor? I was going to say what day of the week it is, but I suddenly can't remember. Oh, you can't even remember it's your Thursday. <laughs> and well now everyone can narrow down what day my birthday is <laughs> my secret identity <laughs> I'm like oh. Interpol now well I wasn't going to say it was your birthday but you just let the cat out of the yeah. <laughs> I tried oh. to help I tried to help you dodge that one I wasn't going to embarrass Ah, oh, should we sing? Should we sing a birthday song for the professor? Or should we just leave it? Bef- Happy uh, before birthday we... to you! You belong in the zoo. You look like a monkey, and you smell like one too. There you go. Warner <laughs> <laughs> Brothers can't sue us for that. <laughs> they couldn't have sued me to start with. I got nothing to sue for. <laughs> I'm in uni student. I got no money. <laughs> Well, that oh. further narrows it down that we're Interpol. That further narrows it down to who we are. <laughs> How? I've been telling people on the uni student the get go. And there's a lot of um, broken. I think that isn't, isn't by definition you're a uni student, you're broke unless you're a student. <laughs> and then yeah, you're broke after you pay your enrollment fees. Uh, don't get me started. Oh, we, we've got, but um, the, and the other person that, you, that you're hearing is Buck, our other other panelists today. Other uh, panelists? Oh, well, uh, that was a nice way of saying it. you're the other get. You're the other guy. I'm not the other guy. I'm another bloke. <laughs> I'm Australian, thank you. <laughs> I won't be around to do. We're gonna get rid of these smelly import. He keeps calling me weird names. Keeps calling us chap. Sounds special. Get rid and, of an um, import. Are you saying go back to where you came from? <laughs> no, because they wouldn't have him back either, and we'd get in trouble for sending him there. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So, we've got an episode today. So we've got an interesting episode today. we got um, news about Daisy, um, the Dark Crystal prequel series, and musical cars. So, Professor, you've got some interesting news about Daisy 1.0. They finally did it. They finally released 1.0 after five years of development where they said it'll be out by the end of the year. They finally released 1.0 and they did it by cutting half the features that were in. Ah. So they started off with the mod, then they decided they wanted to make it a full game. So they started work on that, then decided this is rubbish, we need to start from scratch, and basically went back and wrote half the end so that it would function better, which I'm excited about because I want the new engine for Armor 4. So that I can play Armor 4 at more than a few FPS. But uh, they spent five years doing that and just came out with the 1.0. And they, um, their statement, true statement from their website, is that they decided they could either cut content now and release something that actually get a release out, or they could keep pushing. They, uh, it's a hell of a story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just listening to the anxiety in your voice at how stupid and i, I like the fact that it's it's going to be out by the end of the year but five years later and and the first thought that comes to mind is they're still ahead of um what's its name who was it this the con citizen con star oh. citizen that's it still ahead of citizen star citizen so they can't they're not doing that bad they've actually 
they've released two games star citizen apparently released a game but nobody's played it well here's the thing the uh guy who came up with this game dean hall aka rocket uh left the company shortly after the end of the year where he said it's got to be out by the end of the year so uh, which was early 2013 i believe he left the company okay um might have been a bit later but he finally decided to leave the company and go and found his own game development company called rocket works they've had one appearance at a um at e3 a couple of years ago to announce their game ion yeah. And complete radio silence ever since. <laughs> so I call it Rocket Doesn't Work. Well, they said that the, the, the appearance was at uh, E3 2015. Yeah. Amazing. that Is in the time that this game was supposedly going to be released in that one year and it's gone to five, I left working full time, went to save, did the equivalent of year 11 and 12, gone to started university, got my bachelor's, and I'm now doing post grad stuff. Yeah, I, think that's, achieved, uh, I think I've achieved more than they have. That's actually one of the um, one of the the top reviews on Steam at the moment. I graduated twice in the time it took this game to come out. <laughs> do, do you have a link to that? I want to see that myself. I want to see if I can pull it up. Like, I'm, I didn't even read the review, but apparently I'm saying the same thing that other people are saying about it. I'm going for uni. <laughs> Since um, they had a free-to-play weekend uh, last weekend to celebrate, the re- mm-hmm. they got 74% negative reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Holy. Holy. Like, the quality, I, I can't believe that. Like, I can understand they've spent a lot of time working on a new engine, but I can't believe how poor the project management of the DZ team. What was it? We, had, we were saying in, the, in that um, episode a few weeks, a couple of months back now, um, about all the extra hours before games release. Oh yeah, we were talking about crunch at um at Rockstar. Yeah, maybe they should have been doing that a little bit more, a little bit, a little yeah. bit less time of the um, yoga and meditation, a little bit more of the actual. <laughs> oh man, but then again, you know, the media will go like, oh, and yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they have to do massive hours, but just get some work done. Like seriously. You're getting paid good money to produce something and you want people to buy it from you. Like Fallout 76 has spent huge amounts of money and they got brilliant scenery and it sucks. Oh, dude. And it's... now it sucks even harder because they're going with loot boxes. <laughs> and I found the uh, quote I was mentioning earlier. Uh, Eugen, the, one of the lead developer at the moment, um, oh, that's it. I thought the lead developer was Hicks or someone. He was he was in grade three when he started working on it. And he's now finished high school <laughs> and started uni. Well, he says here, we either break the promise of delivery a stable game this year, or we break the content promises. We chose to break the second one. You broke <laughs> both of them, mate. I was playing it the other night, and it's still pretty buggy, which I will talk about later on in the uh, games of the week section. Oh, is, okay, okay. Is it as bad as 76? I haven't played 76. Is it as bad as Windows 9? Oh! Windows 98 was pretty good compared to ME. <laughs> but I wasn't going to go that far. Like that's that's the ultimate benchmark. That, that, was, that, that thing had so many bugs in it that everyone thought it was a swamp. <laughs> but what scares me now is that I love DayZ, spent hundreds and hundreds of hours playing them. 
I really desperately hope they're not going to use this as an excuse to just cut their losses because the potential is there. The um, there's a lot of game design aspect, but the potential to have an absolutely stunning experience there. They just need another five years. Well, if this is all they've come out with in five years, maybe we should give them ten. Yeah, and I mean, Armor if... Four will probably come out before this. Um, like before I'd consider this finished. If we're going by the process so far. So... Star Citizen might actually do something before this is finished. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it should be a race. Who who gets the game out faster? Star Citizen or... Actually, no, no. A, a more realistic comparison. Wheel of Colonized Mars. <laughs> what about Half-Life 3? Pardon? What about Half-Life 3? Oh, the, the, the Half-Life 3, it's a dead meme now. It's a dead meme. <laughs> I know, they killed it by releasing the plot. Yeah. Oh, it, it, Half-Life 3, it, 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 it's now becoming like an urban myth. It will never happen. Uh-huh. Next next story for this week, Half-Life 3 is being released tomorrow. <laughs> yes, don't you have an apology to make? <laughs> About, uh, 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 I do have an apology to make, though. Thanks for reminding me that uh, Amy Adams, uh, in our last episode, claimed that she was done with the DC universe. Um, yes, I have an apology to make in saying that she's bad. not done. <laughs> yeah, she's not done with the DC universe and will continue playing Lois Lane. Yeah, so mm. sorry about the fake news, guys. Uh, these imports, I don't know. <laughs> are, are you trying to say something there, Buck? No, I'm not trying to say anything. I, I, I actually said it. <laughs> but, yeah. But um, realistically, though, but um, Daisy. So, another, do you reckon with all these game shoddy game releases coming out, do you reckon we're seeing the downfall of big game companies? The big downfall at this rate? No, they've just got to get back to the basics of what games are about and what makes them successful. Quit. I don't think being we'll see money. Uh, they they got to stop being money grubbing whores and just get back to producing content that people want to play. Like they want us to spend all this money on a game. They've got to give us something for the game because we're at the point now where people can make their own game. So if they're not going to produce something that people want to play, you're going to have people out there producing their own stuff, which is going back to the breeding ground of games such as Duke Nukem and um, Gem Miner and so forth back from the oh. 80s and the 90s. Which is when games was fun. So I say remember that DZ was the result of someone in game. Yeah, like we this we we've got all these massive companies that are charging huge amounts of money, and then they're asking us to keep spending more and more money on a constant basis. Like they just got to wake up to themselves and realize if we're going to spend money, there's got to be something for us to spend money that we want to buy. If it, it's if it's pay to win, no one's going to want to be there. Yeah, at, at this stage, I don't know, man. Like. But Beth- with what the with the actions of Bethesda and EA at this current stage, I and well, Blizzard, it's not yeah, it's it's all of the industry seems to be asking us to bend over, just take it. No, just getting ridiculous. There's going to be we're going to see a, a, an explosion of games coming from new studios that are going to be fun. And what was that? Um, was it the t- the Two Point Hospital or whatever it was? We spoke about it. Um, oh yes, Twin Point. Twin Point Hospital. That was looking fun. It's a simple, easy-going concept that would be, be so much fun to play. It's even the definition of take what works because it's simply a successor to a hugely popular game. Well, there you go. 
Um, and then there was um, my friend Pedro. Like, oh yeah, that's good. I haven't played it yet. Dude. That, I haven't gotten around to it yet. And then there was the Shark Simulator. Like, these are games that it's a simple concept, and people are going to want to play. And I can't see how they can put loot boxes into sharks. You, know, you, you buy a bigger shark. Although we have to. Although it's also cool to see, as you were saying, on Buck. It's also cool to see local talent rising up, like um, the SB Life um, game, for example, how it's yes, making Bradley, waves. Bradley Hennessy of uh, an SB Life 1 and 2. Yeah. Who's up for an award, if I remember correctly? Yeah, he's nominated for, um, if I can... Was it the ABC Awards? Or... I can't remember. I just remember hearing somewhere that he's up. He was nominated for an award. And I honestly hope, hope he gets it. So he is nominated for Australian Developed Game of the Australian Developed Game of the Year, presented by Bethesda. Well, there you go. <laughs> they're they're recognising talent and someone doing something that works. Maybe they should actually go and sit down with him and go, "Hey, can you give us some?" Presented by Bethesda. <laughs> you know what? In six months, Fallout 76 will be the best game for social anxiety. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to be playing it. Yeah, it's so actually, SP... There's, no, there's even no NPCs. It, it's actually going to be... Um, I can actually see... It's either going to be used by uh, terrorists or the CIA. Because they can go on and talk to each other and not have it being recorded. <laughs> And there'll be no one around anywhere. So, so yeah, it's currently um, on. They're currently doing the broadcast, by the way. So, oh, they. Oh, actually, wait, it's already done. Okay. My mistake. Uh, any results? Uh so okay, so it's it was nominated, but uh, so the winner for Australian Developed Game of the Year goes to Hollow Knight. Oh, that's one of ours. I think so. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Oh, it looks interesting. It looks cool. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, SP Life. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, so, we'll have a link in the show notes for people to go and check out all the different awards that have been won and so forth. Yeah, but we might need to move along a bit here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, next story is actually mine. So, it's uh, Netflix is releasing a Dark Crystal prequel series. Now, that's a now that's a bit good nostalgia trip for you, too, I'm assuming. No, I was you the other day, but remember, it's a puppet CGI. Puppets. Well, both, actually. But it's the original, they didn't go all CGI. The original was puppet. Yeah. Yeah. But this prequel, is it going to be, like, true to the original? I have no idea. I haven't seen enough information about it. And this is one of the things I was concerned about the other night when the DJ was telling us. Well, according to the uh, VP of original series for Netflix, she said... Uh, Cindy Holland, she says, to match the stunning visuals, we're going to entice some incredible voice talent to add to them to add dimension to the exquisite artistry of the puppete- puppeteers who bring the characters to life. So there's right. no CGI, so only puppets. Well, there will be some CGI somewhere there, I'm sure. Because but... if it was pure CGI, I would finally have an appropriate Trump quote No puppet, no puppet, you're the puppet. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm actually getting concerned because how, how why why are you spending so much time listening to Trump to actually have a quote that's I don't I just pick it up from the Reddit comments taking the piss out of him like every time a news article comes out about what his lackeys someone's mm. in there with the quotes okay uh, so anyways for those who, ha- who haven't heard about the Dark Crystal so so basically 
it's a story about a young man who tries to find who tries to find the uh, shard of a bigger crystal um and and is destined to um, connect the two crystal the shard and the big crystal to perform um to unite both races basically to save the to save the world yeah it's a lot more involved than that yeah it's an amazing if you haven't watched the dark crystal go and watch yeah so now netflix has revealed that they're going to have the uh, prequel series called the dark crystal age of resistance and the voice and, and it's and it's called up a couple of voice um talent some really big names to, vo- to voice in the series, such as Taron Egerton, Mark Hamill, to name a few. Alicia Vikander. Oh, yes, yes, Alicia Vikander. Uh, Eddie Izzard, uh, Helena Bonham Carter, uh, Natalie Dormer. Well, as long as they... Um, and it, it's still got Jim Henson production involved, so hopefully they won't... Not like um, Disney's doing with Aladdin. Oh! <laughs> which, is, which is looking... As, as camp as some of the floats from the Sydney Mardi Gras. <laughs> and uh, it's corny and, and pathetic uh, porn parody. Well, Robin Williams was pretty corny. No, well, Robin Williams was cool, but if you, have you seen the poster that's actually come yes. out? On the, like, oh, I'm sorry. I was trying but to defend it, but I can't. Will, Will Smith is looking all manner of wrong. Oh, hey, I know that guy. He was in YouTube Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, but Will, Will Smith has lost all credibility. I, Just what that, I... that one picture alone is making him look like he... The next next thing he's going to be appearing in is Drag Race with RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but oh, I, I don't understand why like companies are bringing... Like Netflix bringing back an old franchise like these comp like netflix disney they're well, bringing back old bringing franchises back, there's nothing wrong with bringing back some of the old franchises and movies and especially with like the dark crystal is a great movie if they do it right it's going to be awesome but like, disney's just doing a remake they're not even doing anything different they're just trying to copy it and make it so it's live action and, and they've made when... it as camp uh, it's just ridiculous. Uh, you were going to say something, Professor? I'm just disappointed we can't have a suit to Labyrinth. Oh, oh well. D- yeah, David Bowie, though. He was, they he can't was... possibly replace that role. No, <laughs> that's just that, that's literally impossible. You can't. Like, There's no way that they'll be able to do it, even with CGI, because, yeah, the presence he had in it was just so phenomenal. And oh, honestly, they haven't got anyone to sing the song. Uh, but... Like there was a what what the other what's the other recent news I heard of um they they also make they're also gonna remake the um Lady and the Tramp with real dogs. Okay. Well that's gonna be interesting because they've got the the classic spaghetti thing. How are they gonna do? Because <laughs> you can't feed dogs spaghetti and get them to kiss. It does sound like it will There's gonna oh. be a, there's gonna be almost as much CGI in that is the is in a lot of the I I I don't know, man. Like I like I'm. I would oh. love to see the new. I would like to see the Dark Crystal prequel series. Um, I'm I'm watching the. I've, I've been currently watching the um, that the Dark Crystal movie and it looks pretty cool. Like the pup, like how the puppetry is what the ma- the mysticism and the puppetry it looks really good. And when you see things like Aladdin, and he's like, uh, yeah. Actually, um, I just noticed Lisa Henson is actually the CEO of. Henson Productions. Is that Jim's daughter? Lisa Henson. I think she is great grand. No, I might be a niece. Hang a second. 
It could be his daughter. Like he's not that like he's not that ancient. Come off it. Uh no, she is the daughter of puppeteers Jane Henson and Jim Henson. Okay, so it is Jim Henson's daughter. Yeah. Which is what I said. Yeah. I bet. Um she's gonna have a her dad's love of it all and the same passion. And she's not gonna screw with it. So yeah, that's a it's not likely to be completely ruined. Which voice actor in that complete lineup of the prequel series are you, are you interested in? Um, it's all looking pretty possible. It's just yeah. I would like to see. I, I want to see Mark Hamill doing the voice acting because Mark Hamill, when he does voice acting, it's it's beautiful to watch. Even his acting is good to watch. He's not someone who does things in a half measure. Oh yeah, yeah. But his voice acting is is where he excels a lot. Like, come on, who could who could who could not forget uh, the Batman series and how he does the Joker voice so well? He did pretty well with Star Wars. Yeah, and he's done other movies and stuff that I've seen that I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I I, I agree with you there. Yeah, like Slipstream. Slipstream. Um, was... I think that's the name of it. It was um, post-apocalyptic, and he travels around in a plane. Oh. Okay, it was very different in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about you, Professor? Which voice actor are you going to be interested in? No, in noting in the dark. But it'll be interesting to see whether Helena Bonham Carter is guy or bad. Mm. Oh yeah, that's the bad guy so well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, she especially that's a good guy pretty well too. I don't think I've seen anything with her. Uh, there even was in, even oh. in the Sweeney. She was not not the Sweeney. Um, what was the one with the barber? Yeah, that's Sweeney Todd. Yeah, that's yeah, Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Todd. Yeah, even in the Sweeney Todd, she was really, really good in that. Like she, she was more of an anti-hero than an an evil doer. But yeah, she did that really well. Yeah. Although the funny thing with Helena Bonham Carter is she's always in she's in every movie that um Tim Burton's in it. Yeah, he's got a thing for Helena Bonham Carter and Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. But Helena Bonham Carter's a brilliant actress. Like. I, I give her full wrecking respect. Oh, yeah. What was your f- uh, favorite Helena Bonham Carter movie? I'd actually have to say the Sweeney Todd. Um, she got to do the full manic and with all the singing and everything like that. She just, yeah, she just was a lot of fun. Mine would be the Harry Potter series because she, as as um the professor, as you guys were saying, she does really cool villain roles. Mm-hmm. Actually, talking about, um, there was something else I saw, something being done another tv series or something and it's coming out with i think it's netflix and it's something is it's it's slipping under the radar i'm trying trying to find the links where i saw about it because it's oh. um that the, all the people involved in it are pretty decent high level high quality you mean the crown no that's she, she's in everything i'm looking through her uh her imdb page yeah oh wow she, she played enid blyton mm-hmm. oh enid, Bri- enid blyton oh yeah she um I know what books the the famous books I forgot what were they the magic faraway tree yeah that's the one yeah and like a bunch of other stuff wasn't she I think so yeah and famous five she was she really um, liked her numbered groups of uh child detective yeah magnificent she was actually Seven. um banned back when she was alive because it was considered evil or something. Which one, the Eden, Eden Blyton books? Oh, yeah, all of her stuff was all, like, it wasn't allowed in the schools. So, like, even, like, um, Snugglepot and Cuddle Pie. Okay, but those books were pretty dark. Yeah, but they're such, like, my, 
my mum bought me Snuggle Pop and Cuddle Pie when I was seven, I think it was. And I was just starting to get into reading properly. And she bought me that and the magic pudding. And I loved them. Yeah. And I bought them for my um, niece. Ah, here we go. Um, the series I was saying that's, being, that's coming out, a Blade Runner anime has been announced. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's right. The 13 episodes is going to include established characters from the Blade Runner universe. Director Kenji Kamiyama, director of Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Creative producer will be Shinichiro Watanabe, director that- of Cowboy Bebop. And the meme that this has come through at the end there, it's like it's um, the idiot from the wrestling. But at the end, it's just got this massive orgasm face. Like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's this, I will say this year has been a very big year for Netflix. Well, I'm not sure if this is with Netflix or who this is, but it's coming out as anime. So actually, it's, yeah, like it's the only way they could do it is do it as a proper anime, mm. not just animation. It's got to go full anime, so they're going to have to go with the, um, go to Japan and say, please, can you help us? Oh, um, I, I think, um, yeah, it's not Netflix. Uh, it's uh, no, it's Adult Swim. Netflix. It's not Netflix, but yeah. Yeah, it's Adult Swim. And Crunchyroll and Alcone Entertainment. Um, but yeah, um, moving along. Um, so what? So before we move along, so final thoughts, guys. Will, will you be watching it, guys? Yeah. Although you didn't ask me which um, was my favorite Helena movie. Oh right. I That's think cool. I'd uh, either go for Harry Potter or Magnificent Seven was pretty good. Oh yeah. It's uh, about her being a mother looking after seven autistic children. Okay. Magnificent Seven. Actually, I think she was one of the first authors who actually wrote in a positive manner about autism. Well, I... um, Enid yeah. Blyton. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, Helena Bonham Carter, um, Jackie Johnson. That's the movie's based on. Yeah, it's one of those based on. Yeah. Sarah Donkey Key back. Hmm. Okay, so um, moving along, Buck, you have a story about musical cars. Well, it's not necessarily um, the cars themselves aren't necessarily being musical, but the sounds and everything. So with electric cars, we've got the issue where they're a bit quiet for some people. So a lot of the manufacturers are looking to put special sounds in to make it so that you've got a sound to hear as it comes past. Um, And some of them, like BMW, has even had a designer to create the pr- precise click of the car door. So when you open and close a BMW, that click, they've actually had a special sound engineer designer working it so it clicks at a specific frequency. Yeah, the um, the level of sound design that cars, like you wouldn't think about the sound of it just sitting in your chair and driving down the road, Yeah, but it makes such a big difference, higher uh, sound. And yeah. some cars even play and yep um jaguar has recently hired the atlanta-based electric musician richard divine to help develop the entire audio language of its new ipace which is their electric car so the actual sound um if you go to the link and scroll down there's actually a soundcloud for the sound the jaguar which it doesn't need to make these noises it's just being created so that as it drives you've got something there because too many people aren't used to electric vehicles so they're not used to the fact that it's just a it's a quiet hum there's no build-up or anything like that it's 
it's there. It almost when when you when I hear that when I hear it start up, it almost sounds like when you hear that when you see those anime animes um mecha animes, it's like turning on the mecha robot. It looks no. so sounds really cool. Like have like I've driven electric vehicles um in warehouses and so forth, whether it's electric carts, electric forklifts, and that. And you get on, and all you hear is literally just a quiet hum. And as you accelerate, there's no, it doesn't build in pitch or anything like that. It's just, it goes, and that's it. And yeah. with the all the best of them, you actually have, you don't really actually hear a thing. You just get on and you go, it's, and there's nothing. So, yeah, it's actually quite nice. I still think they should make the, the Jetson sound mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> hey. He- the the um Jetsons um just flying saucer sounds yeah. the little bleep, 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 sort of sound yeah because yeah. there's one sound that isn't going to be too annoying for people like it's a sound that was designed for the TV show because yeah. they're not going to make anything car for it. I don't know they they did a remake of um, Night Rider and the new one was that that was annoying hence the reason why it died after less than a season um but yeah hey. I'm looking forward to the fact that how soon is it that we're going to, until we're going to have people who are actually going into the control systems of the car and actually changing. Like you've got so many people out there modifying cars now and doing all the different bits and pieces. Once they go to being an electric car, there's going to be less of that sort of stuff to modify. So it's going to be, how long is it going to be until we have people who are sitting there as sound engineers and actually putting in, so as it accelerates, it's playing music, literally. Like um, dynamic music that gets um, faster as you speed up or something. Yeah, or even um, like I'm I'm I know I'm probably gonna get in trouble for this, but I could picture an electric Rolls Royce driving down the main down um the main drag in London, heading towards Buckingham Palace with Flight of the Valkyries. Empire of Glory. <laughs> well, either like you could you could have the, the the visiting heads of state being delivered with the Ride of the Valkyries and the Queen when she comes out has Land of Hope and Glory. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And so forth playing. You could have a suite of music playing at different times. And just and have the and just have the American president have the Star Wars theme song. The no, um, Darth Vader. Yeah, I think the Americans will have anything but the American national anthem. As long as it says "play ball" at the end, I'm okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm 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 just looking looking forward to um the the time when it gets to that that stage and you'll have special options when you buy your car we have land of hope and glory played by the bbc orchestra as the sound of your car like honestly like the the the, the amount of things that people are going to be able to do with 
playing with sound is this going to be so cool actually um the car i my family drive at the moment plays a little tune when you um start the end and turn it off mm-hmm. i was looking into it the other day to see if i could hack it to play some, i don't know screamo or something just to drive my family nuts <laughs> <laughs> Well, with this, um, the United Nations... My dad's going to listen to this, and then I'm going to be in. <laughs> uh, the United Nations has recently um, introduced a regulation requiring electric vehicles to install an acoustic vehicle alerting. Like, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> the United <laughs> Nations can say... That they can introduce a regulation, but it, they've got no authority to actually make it happen. Um, uh, it's a good idea, and, yeah, like the, the Australian government is considering the case for a similar requirement, but... Yeah, I'm just looking forward to the the time when you, you see you you see people driving down the road and their cars are playing like are playing actual music and you'll have um, a cowboy playing. He's driving down the road in his um, four wheel drive pickup truck from America and it's playing country and western music. And he pulls up at the lights and you have a young person, young guy who's there for he, he's in the street racing and all that and it's playing hip hop music. <laughs> from one of those mumble rappers and then you see a police car pull up behind it and yeah because they don't like the mumble rappers it's the imperial death march that's playing the police need to play bad boys <laughs> yeah bad boys what you do what you do oh my I god no you Oh, I'm seeing, I'm trying to sing can, the uh, bad boys. Can, can, the can we actually song. get an ambulance to go to the DJ's house? Because it sounds like he's either he, he ruptured a kidney or he burst <laughs> or something. Does that sound I think so a... uncomfortable? It was it was painful to hear. I think he's got a cat in there, and it looked at him and then died. I think it did. <laughs> it, it was it was agonizing. Whatever whatever it was that happened, we apologize for inflicting that upon. <laughs> If if that was actually you singing, DJ, never yeah. do that. Never do that again. I think never, yeah, that was me never. trying to sing the Bad Boys theme song, but I think I failed it so hard. <laughs> you did. You, you you failed it so hard. I I think all of humanity actually went backwards in a, an evolutionary. Uh. Anyways, on that note, we should we should keep going. We should keep moving. Um. So no, we got like the whole uh, the rest of the show. Pick on the. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Anyway, so so what what games have you guys been playing? So, as I said earlier, I've been playing DayZ. Oh, that's kind of that. I have uh, two awards for it. <laughs> One for it being completely consistent. It's still exactly <laughs> the same game I played five years ago. <laughs> buggy, like the performance isn't. It's got that guy. It's still buggy. There's still not much content. But the other award. The award for being a kid who was always being told, wow, you're so smart, you go to uni, uh, so amazing. And then they got a big head and stopped trying because they're like, well, I can, you know, I can pass without trying. <laughs> <laughs> and then never amounted to Oh. <laughs> that Aren't they the ones that work at Macron flipping burgers? Oh, what are the other? Have you noticed any other any issues? Any other issues besides the core issue? Besides the issues that you've been mentioning, like any no core issues or? Well, the fact that half the time the zombies just stand still, looking at me, going, but never actually moving, and the other half the time they run at me. When they run at me, it's a great game. When they just stand there, go, not. Um, but no, my biggest biggest issue are releasing it too early. 
it feels like uh, it's pushed out just so they can say we're done it's over because they've also released the modding agent and that i disagree with uh, some elements of ui uis and some of the games like one of the big things that bugs me is mm-hmm. that to reload a single shot gun like a bolt rifle or um shotgun or you have to open your engine select the bullets load them into the gun close your inventory, pull your gun up and shoot your target. I'm of the opinion that if your bullets are in your shirt pocket, you can specify whether it's your shirt pocket, your pants, your backpack. I'm of the opinion that if it's in your shirt pocket, you should be able to reload and your character will just pull a bullet out. It's um, just uh, quality of life thing like that. With, that... with bolt-action guns, you can actually have a thing called a magazine still. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Although you have to find them separate, okay. usually. But um, yeah, little quality of life thing. seems like there's a lot of stuff that just got overlooked. Oh, the other thing that bugs me, they made a thing about how they're improving the map and making all the buildings enter. Well, the buildings, a lot of the buildings have lost details in Spada. Like, there used to be buildings that have a kitchen, now there's just a cabinet with a kitchen. And there are locked doors and no loot spawning. Now, the uh, thing about the locked doors, it used to be, there was no indication it was a locked door in the in the beta, because they added door handles. Way back in the day, it used to be doors you could open would have physical door handles that you could see, and doors that didn't had a flat texture. Um, then they added door handles to every door, if I remember. Now they've put big bars on any door that can't open. From the side, you're looking at it. So you're like, yeah, let me just take down this bar, and I'll open the door. That's not a security system. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that sounds painful. It's so incredibly disappointing. Oh. Um, oh, okay, okay, how about the online features, though, like push to talk and... Well, I haven't actually seen another player yet. I've only got a couple of hours in, but um, it was getting quite late at night, so there weren't many no. people online on the local servers. Okay. Oh, you were I don't mind too much. Um, Having it be fairly empty is the right feeling. Uh, fair, fair enough. Uh, you were going to say something, Buck? Um, no, I was just, just going to say... Um, just in, ca- in case anyone was wondering, yeah, we we are not officially affiliated with DayZ. I wish. Make me team leader. I'll fix it. <laughs> oh, oh. Yes, so, I think, uh, yes, I know. I am <laughs> becoming what I have. <laughs> You're getting old. <laughs> You're becoming a grumpy old man. Hey, be nice to me. It's my birthday. <laughs> hate to break it to you, sunshine. As you get older, <laughs> you hate birthdays more and more. Ah! <laughs> uh, Can you do anything uh, other than laugh, DJ? Nope. I I, I would say, uh, Buck, what you Buck? You've been playing a, you've been playing an interesting game. You've been playing Lego. Oh, you, have you, you been playing it as well? No, uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. Then how do you know it's in? Because you, you, you saying oh. I was trying to segue it, but I think you just ruined the joke. But okay, yep, <laughs> yeah. So you were playing Lego The Hobbit. Ah, oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yes, I have been. Yes, and it, it hasn't. It's not that bad, but it's not super interesting. And yeah, it just hasn't been grabbing my attention as much. Like the gameplay controls, are, it's just very awkward. Sort of, um, it's got the angled um, walk directions. Like you're not going left and right at an angle to go anywhere, but you can't walk it at an angle. You only have left and right. You can't in your mouse to do anything. So, so it's get, all keyboard controls. So you get hit with the um the constant invisible wall. 
It's not an invisible wall. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I've put in a couple of hours and just, yeah, it was underwhelming. Like there's, the graphics and everything in there were beautiful, but the actual gameplay just didn't, didn't seem to be there, which is quite a, I was actually upset about because it it's The Hobbit. It's a great story. Yeah. And they, they seem to be following the actual storyline in some ways, but then and it's also it's a completely different story in other ways. Like you start off um, being sent to collect the mining and oversee the mining for the day. And there's parts of it that are complicated just for the sake of being complicated, and it doesn't actually achieve anything. So, so it's a lot of grinding. There's a lot of grinding, and there's just a lot of it. Just yeah, it's just not as I think the the graphics and everything are are really well polished, but there's just the little things that just make it a kind kind like politician. <laughs> it promises so much. Ah, uh, okay. Um, for the game I've been playing this week, it's uh, Dark Size Three. It's still I'm still grinding that game along. It's a it's a pretty long game, so I I'm slowly getting there. Have you found that um demon spawn that I was saying about last week? Um, still no luck, dude. Still no luck. Your act together. Uh, <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's trudge on. Um, so we got shot some good shout outs this week. Um. 19th of December, 1848, Emily Bronte, uh, English novelist famous for her work such as Wuthering Heights, died at the died of tuberculosis at 30. Uh, 20, 20th of December, 1812, Sacagawea, uh, Shoshan interpreter for Lewis and Clark, dies at 24. I well, mentioned was... that the other day. The crazy thing about this was that um, they, Lewis and Clark, the explorers, would speak to a guy who spoke French in English. So they'd speak English to a guy who spoke French, who would speak to a guy who spoke Hidatsa, who would talk to his wife, who was Sacagawea, who spoke um, Shosho, and then she would talk to the tribe slave, who spoke Salishan. Does the term "lost in translation" occur in that whole in, in that whole Actually, process? I wonder because um, you know that game where you load like song lyrics, Google, and random languages, then back to it. <laughs> no, but I've heard about people doing that with assignments. <laughs> You've had one of them too, have you? Um, I don't think they're using Google Translate. I think they grasp of English that bad. Oh no, no, no! I mean, like, I, I know I, I've heard of, like, I know someone who actually got busted. Um, their assignment was put through the translator and they translated it through seven different languages and then back into English and then just polished it up and handed it and they got busted. Why? Um, yeah, they just plagiarized a huge chunk of a, a published paper. Unfortunately for them, the person who wrote the paper with the friend of the unit coordinator then was reading and goes, hang on, this feel like... The, the words are different, but this feels almost exactly the same. And they brought them in for an investigation, and it it came out. And the unit, unit coordinator came and told us all, <laughs> having a good laugh. Going, he admired the um, ingenuity, but yeah, don't do it. Ah, uh, that's uh, some the things people do out of desperation. But um, with Sacagawea, um, it, there's a bit of controversy about her the date of her death, though, because. There's also claims that there was another lady that lived to was ninety. Yeah, it was either she died at uh, one. Yeah, she died in April. Yeah, she died in eighteen twelve or twenty four, 
1884. At, and married to, what was it, Hackmeat? Jerkmeat. Jerkmeat. Jerk oh, so in the uh, in, innuendo names, apparently um, her brother, Camille White, perished in bloody dick. Oh, yeah. Someone was taking the piss. Uh, we uh, take no, we we take no responsibility for the names that the Americans give each other in their location. Ah, uh-huh. uh, moving along. So, twentieth of December, nineteen eighty-eight. John Steinbeck, uh, American author, famous for works such as *Grapes of Wrath* and *Of Mice and Men*, uh, and the Nobel Peace Pro- Nobel Prize winner uh, in 1940-1962, dies at sixty-six. Great writer. Great writer. He was. Uh, onwards to the famous birthdays, 18th of December, 1922, Esther Lederberg, uh, American microbiologist and pioneer of bi- bacterial genetics. Uh, notable contributions include the discovery of the bacterial virus phage, um, the transfer of genes between... Sorry, the- what was the uh, the virus name? Uh, it says a half-life symbol. Yeah, Lambda. Lambda, but then, because uh, here's the thing, I, I, went, I went to Wikipedia, I went to Wikipedia, put that in, Put her info in. It says um, bacterial virus phage as well. Yeah, so a phage is um a some like, it's a particular class of uh, yeah. Of it's virus. a class. It's a classification on the virus. Yeah. Yeah. It's one that infects bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. Enterobacterial <clears throat> phage. Yeah. Lambda phage. That's one. That's the other name. Uh. So we're up to the famous birthdays now. We, uh, we were. Oh yeah, like we were. Two minutes uh, ago. Right, so the transfer, um, continuing on from Esther Lederberg, the uh, transfer of genes between bacteria by specialized transduction, uh, the development of replica plating, and discovery of the bacterial fertility factor F, also known as F plasmid, born in Bronx, New York. That's quite an achievement. Uh, 18th of December, 1943, Keith Richards, English guitarist and songwriter, famous for his works with the Rolling Stone. Born in Dartford, Kent, and my God, that guy is Im- that guy should that guy's immortal. Yeah, first human to be compared to cockroaches <laughs> the apocalypse. Maybe, maybe he spoke to Vlad and got some of his no, immortality. No, 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 he's just done so many drugs and so much alcohol that he's pickled on preserve. <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, 18th of December, 1946, uh, Steven Spielberg, American director, famous for his works such as E.T., Close Encounters, Jaws, and a whole load of other movies. I've never heard of Steven Spielberg. Who's he? Oh, (laughs) do we have to, uh, mind if we go a trip down memory lane? We don't have time. Keep going. Uh, anyways, uh, he was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, 18th of December, 1954, Ray Liotta, American actor, famous for his works, for his um, roles in Goodfellas, Field of Dreams, John Q, and Hannibal. Um, film producer and voice actor, born in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, 19th of December, 1915, Edith Piaf. Uh, Piaf, not Plath. My bad. Uh, also known as E. Giovanna Gassion. Uh, Chantios, uh, famous for the song Little Sparrow. Uh, um, wasn't her nickname Little Sparrow? Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't a song, was it? No, um, she she was the Little Sparrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Famous mistake. for... Well, uh, she did uh, Non Di or whatever, which is known as No Regrets in English, and yes. was the music they used in Inception for the uh, when they needed to do the kick. Yep. Hmm, cool. 
Uh, born in so she's born in Paris, France. Uh, 20th December 1868, Harvey Firestone, American industrialist and uh, founder of Firestone Tire and Rubber Company, where its slogan goes, Where the rubber meets the road. Born in Columbiana, Ohio, uh, 20th December 1917, David Bohm, uh, American born physicist, philosopher, and neuropsychologist. And 21st of December 1795, Jack Russell, known as the Sporting Parson, a British vicar of Swim, Swimbridge and rector of Black Torrington in North Devon, was an enthusiastic fox hunter and dog breeder who developed Jack Russell Terrier, a variety of the fox terrier breed born in Dartmouth, Devon. And the origin of the breed known as the Tentfield Terrier, which is slightly larger and a bit ballsier. His the very first Jack Russell Terrier. He was <laughs> like um, the one that he bought. I was like, you know what? This is going to be a new breed. I'm going to breed this one. He called it Trump. <laughs> ah, no, obviously he didn't have the connotations we've gained in the last couple. <laughs> well, did wasn't he a boxer as well? Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, so we've got some events of interest as well. So 18th of December 1798, Thomas Fleet publishes. Mother Goose's Melody for Children. Good story. Good story. Um, 18, 18th of December, 1961. The Tokens earn a number one hit with The Lion Sleeps Tonight. And the urge to sing that song is only a whim away, a whim away. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, there were so many covers to that song. Uh, 18th of December, 2009. James Cameron's Avatar, starring Sir Anne Worthington, Zoe Saldana, and Sigourney Weaver, released in the US, becomes highest-grossing film of all time. I can't wait and, for the sequels. And all hail Sigourney Weaver, yeah, anyway. mm-hmm. queen of science fiction. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm so disappointed that they wasted Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yeah, but She's she had the other voiceover things. when they go to the uh, aquarium, and I'm so disappointed they didn't have a scene of her doing a voiceover for a um an exhibition and saying they mostly come out at night. <laughs> I would have expected her to have been the um, voice for uh, Mora Eel or something like that. Because <laughs> that was what uh, based Aliens on. Was Maura oh, Eel. yeah. No, it was just um, like literally her playing herself. She yeah. says, like in her scene, I'm Sigourney Weaver and welcome to the aquarium. <laughs> uh, probably all they could afford. I know, <laughs> right. Um, uh, moving along. Um, 18th of December, 1892, pre- premiere performance of The Nutcracker by Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky. In Saint Piotr, it's Piotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky. You mean Piotr? No, it's not Piotr. Piotr, I said Tier. He's basically Peter. It's Piotr. Okay, I thought it was Piotr. It's it's the Russian version of Peter. Okay. It's not not Piotr. Okay. I'm going to come come around there (laughs) and I'm going to hit you. Yeah, so that can some good drugs because the nutcracker is. (laughs) It's not weird, it's awesome. It's a it is. fantasy dream of, of a child, as envisioned by a man with fantastic drugs and alcohol. Although, I, I wind my girlfriend up by saying that it's obviously just an episode of Doctor Who, because uh, at the time, uh, Peter Capaldi was the Doctor, and Clara was the companion. And um, the main character, two of the main characters, so uh, the Nutcracker starts off with Dr. Drosselmeyer or something like that, giving mm-hmm. toys to relatives or something. And the main character of the play is Clara. So mm-hmm. I would say it's obviously just the Doctor giving her some sort of, like, sci-fi doll. I used to call them Chai Tea Cozy. 
pleasure him so much. And she still talks to you. She does. <laughs> oh, that, that I did remember that. Uh, anyway, it's moving along. Um, 18th December, 1843. Charles Dickens' um, Charles story, A Christmas Carol, is published. That was a very interesting story as well. Have you read the original? Yeah, I'm the ghost of Christmas past. I'm the ghost of Christmas future. I mean, have you actually read the Charles Dickens book, not seen the movie? You mean the... Yeah, yeah, I have. You have? And you're comfortable with the language? Didn't even know he could read. (laughs) Because the the original isn't in modern English. It's a little bit old. It's not as bad as reading the original version. This is named Dracula. I've read it off the Penguin Books series, so... Okay, so it was... The, the, it was wasn't the... There's other good Dickens stories as well. He 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 was actually a very clever... Yeah. For the, for the, with, the, with the amount of suspense, thrill, and horror he could put in with it in such an easy manner that people enjoyed it. Yeah. I still... I, I, I've always heard... There was one Charles Dickens um, story I always wanted to um, watch it, which was based on movies um, called Great Expectations. I've heard movies that name. Made, I've... made on it, yeah. hmm? Mo- Movies were made of it. It, it yeah. wasn't based on movies. Yeah. Um, uh, although A Christmas Carol, the best version, as far as I'm concerned, is The Muppet. <laughs> That's a good one. I like the Doctor Who special. That one was good. Doesn't doesn't count. Sorry. Doesn't doesn't match up to Muppet. Nothing against Doctor Who, but... Yes, the Muppet Christmas Carol had uh, his name now. I've had this before. Um, Jim Carrey. No, no. Um, plays a part of Scrooge. Oh, uh, Michael Caine. That's it. Yeah, Michael Caine. Bah. <laughs> um. So okay. So moving along. Nineteenth uh, of December, nineteen seventy. Apollo program. The last manned lunar flight. Um, Apollo seventeen, crewed by Eugene Cernan. Ronald Evans and uh, Ronald Evans and Harrison Schmidt uh, returns to Earth. Uh, space. A big shout out to the four hundred thousand plus people who have kept their mouths shut for <laughs> the faking of the moon landings all these years. Forty nine plus years. Are you awesome trying to blow that cover? <laughs> hey, I'm just respect. I'm I'm just respectful because they proved the same wrong. If if two people know a secret, it's no longer a secret. Here we have 400,000 plus people and they've managed to keep it a secret. Uh, and finally, uh, 22nd of December, 1964, first flight of SR-71 at uh, Air Force Plant 42 in Palmdale, California. And the SR-71, for those who aren't nerdy enough, is the one known as the Blackbird and was the first one to... First plane actually, I think it was Mark 3 or Mark 7. It's was the most futuristic plane. Uh, it was used as a spy plane for quite a long time because it it's could gorgeous. it, it would fly at just below the the outer atmosphere, and it could literally fly around the world um, two or three times a day. It was that far. I believe too that uh, seventy-one pilots were the only people who could get the, I think it's like the space equivalent of the pilot's wing. Yes. Because they flew so high that under the Air Force definition, uh, which there is some debate about where, where the actual edge of space is, but under yep. the Air Force definition, the SR-71 was... Yep. Um, there are some F-15 pilots who have gotten the same distinguished area as well because the Americans developed 
method of shooting down uh, satellites using um, F-15s to fly into the outer stratosphere. And as it got up to a certain point, the engines would be starved of oxygen and so forth, but it would have had enough momentum. It goes up to a certain point. And then underneath it has a Tomahawk cruise missile, which would disengage and it would keep going up on the trajectory. And then the F-15 would slowly roll back over and come back down into the atmosphere, kick its engines on and fly away. And the Tomahawk cruise missile would get to a certain point and it would kick its engines on and fly up and be able to take out satellites. So it was an easy way of launching missiles into space. I saw a a concept, like concept art from an actual military project of mm-hmm. an F-15 piggybacking an ICBM. To- it wouldn't surprise me. Those things, like the original design for the F-15 was from back in the 50s or the 60s. And they were one of the most amazing kick-ass planes out there. Like the F-15 and the F-14 Tomcat. So you had the F-15 Eagle and the F-14 Tomcat. Um, were mainstay workhorses for the American Air Force for a long, long time. And it's been hard to replace them because the simple fact that they were just so amazing. So, yeah, sorry if I'm geeking out a bit here. (laughs) By the way, um, Professor, the uh, speed is 3.2 for the Mark speed. Ah, that was me. (laughs) Like, Mark 3.2, that is just insane. They had to have special, they actually had um, the flight suits for them were actually the same flight suits that they used to use for the astronauts in takeoff. And it was, uh, it heated up so much from traveling so fast that they had to build up enough tolerance that when it was on the ground, you had to basically be constantly refueling and adding more oil because it would just dump it all out through the cracks. Yep. And they had to refuel after takeoff because it used so much fuel just to get itself up up, off the ground, and they had to build special uh, refueling planes that could actually fly at a fast enough speed that it wouldn't stall. Yeah. Oh, man, that's it. They actually had had one where they they fired it up, like, for the maximum afterburn and everything like that, and it was lucky that it was at such a a massive height and was going so fast it just kept travelling around the Earth um, because the pilot passed out even with everything they had on him. So, yeah, it was only for a short period of time. Oh, man, but I will say that's a very incredible plane to uh, to fly and look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, that's the end of the show for today. Um, Actually, funny story for the SR-71, final one. Yeah. Um, in four planes, they get a they do a check just to confirm their speedometer and altimeter and everything are all working correctly. So they radio into radio control towers just to get a, a, a position and speed check just to make sure that they're, what they're seeing on the output from in their machine is actually the same as what's being tracked on the ground. Um, yeah, an SR-71 pilot in his memoirs was saying he was listening on the radio because they've got so much spy gear. They can hear every radio channel on the planet all the time. Um, was listening to people doing going through the process and different people just going through saying, oh, I'm going faster. I'm going fast, but building up from like a couple of little biplanes up into um, a couple of jet planes. And then a air force jet turned around and asked for a speed check done on him because he, he thought he was the fastest thing out there. And so he wanted to show that he was really cool. And their traffic control has come back with it. Yep. This is your speed. 
And then so he thought, yep, I, I'm going to show him up. And he go, it said, um, air traffic control, this is flight so-and-so. Can you please give us a reading back, please? And turned his transponder on. And, yeah, they came back. Yeah, you are currently doing Mark two, so many thousand, so many angels, so many thousands of feet in the air on such and such a heading. Apparently, the radio was... <laughs> Nobody wanted to ask for a speed check. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, that's the show for today. Um, wow, thank you for listening to uh to this episode. Um, follow us on Facebook. Um, uh, Facebook page. Uh, follow us on Twitter at and amalgamated. Um, send us a fee- send us some feedback on our email address at, at nerds.amalgamated@gmail.com. Um. You can also visit us at the That's Not Canon website um, where you can check out not only our podcast but other um, good podcasts, other good podcasts such as uh, Murder in the Land of Oz, uh, Floof and Papa, and uh, Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. And we have a new challenge this week. If you can sign off for our podcast and say, uh, less times than the DJ, you get nothing. <laughs> you, can have a, you can have a date with the DJ. Uh, you can also buy merchandise over at the That's Not Canon website. Um, Anyways, uh, also you can find us at Spotify. And anyway. just a quick shout out as well. Um, everyone be safe. It's coming up to Christmas. So please be careful. Stay safe. Stay calm. And yeah, look out for those you love and try to be positive. Anyways, uh, see you guys. All right. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.